VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Wine Times, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club with me, comedian and wine novice, Susie Ruffle. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times wine columnist and vice president of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Throughout this series, I have taken up the much coveted role as apprentice of wine to try and become the master of all things grape related. But you won't be on this journey alone, Susie. Oh no, every episode we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and lively conversation. And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we have on the show, then fear not, because they're available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. So, whether you're a wine expert... Or you make poor decisions... In this show, you're sure to find something to your taste. We're here in the fabulous church-turned-boozy destination Amazing Grace in London Bridge, ready to bless the wine and have a good time. Discussing and decanting with Susie and myself today is the TV and radio presenter Angelica Bell. Angelica has been a formidable presenter on our screens and across the airways for over two decades now. From her rise to fame in the 2000s, where she was a fan favourite across the CBBC network, to now being a familiar face on The One Show and co-host of The Martin Lewis Money Show. And if that wasn't enough, Angelica has been successful in numerous contestant programmes, including 2017 Celebrity Masterchef. And in more recent years, she's become a podcaster herself with her brilliant podcast, Rewirement. As I'm sure you'll agree, Angelica is a broadcasting legend, and today we get to find a bold wine that matches Angelica's zest for life. Hello. Well, can I just have a moment to get over that intro? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, know, you never really hear about what you've done until someone tells you, but thank you, that's really kind, really kind. Well, we're delighted to have you here. Thanks for having me. Do you know what? I don't often do podcasts. I think this is maybe the second or third, but when you guys approach... Come and drink with us. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> This will be interesting. And also I want to learn. I like learning. Mm. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that I'm a connoisseur of wine, like, like your intro. It made me feel actually quite at home. It's like, phew. <laughs> um, but you are a foodie, aren't you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love food. Mm-hmm. There are two things that I'll never scrimp on. Food and heating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the cold. And I think that everything you put in your body, you have to love. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you just I have agree. to love. It needs to make you feel good. I don't care yeah. about calories. I don't care about any of that. As If I'm feeling good, oh, yeah. And you can cook, can't you? We know from Celebrity mm. Masterchef. Yeah, I do like cooking. I like what food does. I like that how it brings people together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sitting around a dinner table, yeah. having a laugh, bants. And for me to cook and, be, and make people feel good, mm. going back to what you put in your side of you, yeah. it yeah. just makes me feel joy. Are you yeah. a host then? Are I'm you a, a host. natural host? Sit down. If you're coming to my house, do not even touch the dishes. 
Don't touch anything. I, you are there to sit down and enjoy yourself and I'm there to make you feel at home. But that's the point about wine as well. It complements the food, doesn't yeah. it? And I feel the social aspect of food and wine and people sitting around together, sharing a bottle over, over a meal is the best way to enjoy wine. No. And that's the important part of wine appreciation that I think some people can forget. 100%. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to learn over time because I was raised a Mormon. Oh, wow. So I never, I didn't have any alcohol in my life for a long time. <laughs> no, you're both of your mouth like this. Nah. No, no, I'm just so interested. Yeah, and it was only when I went to university that I, I remember the first time I drank wine was I was in, we were in the Epi doing a massive show. And I was like, I've never had this. I don't, what is everyone going on about? And I never had FOMO because I just thought this is just me. And I'm pretty, you know, I, had, I tapped into different things I liked and I had my sort of space. I stayed in my lane or whatever. But my friends were amazing. They did their thing. Sometimes I'd get drunk and they'd tell me their stories and I'd live vicariously through them. <laughs> um, so I remember this night and there were these bottles of wine. Everyone was one bottle per person. So I thought, should I just see what all this hype is about? Yeah. So I poured myself a glass. Well, it's all right. Yeah. But I don't feel anything. So I poured another one. Just drink. You know, I was chatty, you know, poured another one. I mean, people say they get drunk of this stuff. It's not doing anything to me. Finish the bottle. I can barely remember <laughs> <laughs> what happened after that. But I do know that I had three essays to hand in the next day. Ooh. They all got in in time. I don't know how. Right. <laughs> That's the problem sometimes with wine is if you're having a really good time, the only time that you realise its effects is when you stand up and hit fresh air. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, wowzers. Yes. No, that exactly. is. But I suppose that was my first sort of experience and I realised actually... You know, there's method behind the madness. Um, yeah. And over the years, I sort of, you know, dabbled a bit. When you host these dinner parties, which do sound amazing, do you think very much about the wine that you might bring? Or is it a scenario where people would bring, would you say bring a bottle? I never say bring a bottle, but people always do. And I yeah. think, that, you know, you have to give people that choice. Because you know what I said, don't buy anything, anything. But it's, that's, I think that's one way I've learned about wines. And, mm. you know, especially if you've got friends who are into it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they say, I bought this because, and I'll tell them what I'm going to make. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So sometimes they'll pair the wine with the food. But I guess I don't really think about it, actually. And maybe I should, because there is so much truth in it, especially if you go to um, a tasting menu and they pair it. Mm. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I totally yeah. get why that specific wine brings out, you know, the flavours in this food and stuff. And Well, that's it. I mean, on a, on a really good level, the wine will complement the food a bit like a spice. But also the food will make the wine taste so much better yeah. and mm. alive. And I think the obvious example would be a really sort of bitter, dry red wine, which has tannin, what we call tannin, and the tannin you find on the pips and the grape skins, it dries out your mouth. And so when you're drinking it sort of in a scenario like, not like now without food, it can taste a bit sort of harsh. Mm. But then you marry that with sort of protein and fatty meats. Yeah. That softens the tannin. And suddenly it's almost like a synergy. Mm. It's incredible synergy. And that's what you're looking for with food and wine matching. Mm. <laughs> with that voice, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were going to a bar or if you were at an event or something and, and you were going to order a drink, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be wine, but what would, what would be your go-to drink if you were out? Are you going to judge me? <laughs> uh, is it like a Malibu and Coke? <laughs> is it? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just saw you thinking. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, oh my gosh. So from that, I'm guessing you like sweet yes. things. Okay, that's good. We've sweet. got... No, we what? don't. We, we don't, don't have anything sweet. But we no. have something that I think you're going to like. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. But also good. you said you wanted to match wine that fitted my personality. Well, we've got something with bubbles, which yeah. I think makes sense. Yeah. Which, which I'm really open to. And I love that because... So you're talking about food. 
and how yeah. it pairs and you said that so eloquently but then maybe wine could match personality as well yeah well, oh, let's sure. start with our first wine we yes yeah please and we're going to france we're going to champagne so we thought we'd spoil you so this is verve pico yellow label for people who are listening but it is sort of orange, isn't it? Well, it's sort of egg yolk yellow, isn't it? Yeah. And it's very distinctive, isn't it? You know that someone's brought a good bottle when you see that, I think. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting, I think, about champagne is the volume they make. I mean, they make millions of these bottles, but they're all consistent and they're all very good. How do they make it consistent? Well, they blend it, really. Right, so it's okay. A, it's a blend of three different grape varieties, but also different reserve wines from different vineyards. Because what um, about if there's a... It's like, a you know, year. a bad year, like if there's been loads of rain. Does that have any... Yeah, that does have an effect, actually. But then you can add in a little, I think, of that. Oh, hang on, I'm just going to open the... Here we are. That is a man that has opened a lot of champagne. So you hold the bottle, you twist... Sorry, you hold the cork firmly and you twist, twist the, bottle. the bottle. Right. And then and so... you hold it 45 degrees and you don't get this sort of enormous explosion. You've got a lovely head on your, <laughs> on your champagne. Now, we call that the mousse. So that's the... Oh, the, so the, this, the, yeah, is, all the is, foam when it comes up? Yeah, that's the mousse. That's the mousse. And I'm loving this today. Color. Can I come again? I've Please. been here five minutes. Yeah. And yeah. I, can I make notes? The mousse. What I think is interesting about Verve Clico is the history. So it was founded. It's actually quite modern. If you think about the history of wine, which goes back, you know, five or, five or six thousand years, really, to the sort of beginnings of human civilization. Sparkling wine is a, is a relatively recent invention, sort of four or five hundred years ago. But, the, but Verve Clicquot was founded in, in 1772 by um, Philip Clicquot. And then his son, Francois, married Barbe Nicole. She was widowed at 27 and she took on the company and she was a hugely powerful figure. She really transformed the production of champagne by creating this process called riddling. So without getting too technical... Um, no, no, it sounds like you're getting quite technical, but I'm into we're it. We're in the sort of 1660s when champagne or sparkling wine was invented. And how you, how you do it is you add a bit of yeast and molasses. So you, you have a base wine, which you've created, and the bubbles come from a secondary fermentation in the bottle. So what you do if you're making wine is you pick the grapes, you put them in a, a big container, you either add yeast or there's natural yeast around, and that creates fermentation where the sugar turns to alcohol, and then you have your wine. With champagne, you want to do that again in the bottle. So you need two things. You need a, a, a glass bottle that's strong enough to withhold the pressure. Mm -hmm. And then when it happens, it's you get all these sort of dead yeast cells which collect at the bottom of the, of the bottle, which mm, is... Delicious. Which, which, <laughs> which gives it that biscuity, brioche taste. But before um, Widow Clicquot, we didn't really know what to do with them, but she invented the riddling technique where you put the bottle on a rack upside down so they all fall to the neck right to the bottom the yeasty, yeasty yeah. particles and now that's dipped in very very cold liquid and it's uh, removed like with a pop and that's it so she sort of cleaned it it was it was a very sort of clean and and pure and precise champagne and i mean she must have been the only woman yeah that was doing that well, at the time of, there's three powerful women in the history of champagne there's madame clica there's madame lily bollinger Oh, a, a oh right. And Adepte Poirot. Oh, wow. And these, uh, yeah, she, she sort of makes up this triumvirate of, yeah. Triumvirate. Yeah. <laughs> now, I the other that. thing about, but no, let's have a taste and smell. Oh, it does have that. It's really nice, <laughs> Bav, isn't it? I mean, I have, have, I've just yeah. gone straight for it. Yeah. <laughs> I've already given it a swirl. And, and you can do that with champagne. Swirl it, mm. smell it. and. So, really, what, what, what we're doing with this is we're putting it in our mouth and, 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 it, and it has that biscuity, voluptuous, isn't it? It's quite mm. supple. Yeah. 
it can get a bad press with connoisseurs, actually, Berglico Yellow Label. Why? And I think because it's, it's made in such high volume. But the trick, as Tom Stevenson says, one of the world's experts on champagne, is to leave it. So, Angelica, if you have a few bottles of this, yeah. brilliant. Age it. Buy the non-vintage and age it in your cellar for, you know, three or You've four got years. you a cellar, right? Or, you know, in the cupboard in your wine the cellar. Yeah, me too. Got yeah, 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 yeah. That is what we managed to put in a wine cellar. It's interesting you say that because I've still got bottles that were gifted to me when I was at CBBC. Yeah. Wow. Depending on the quality levels, I mean, if, if they're vocally, they're, they're, they're oh, fine. Oh, I should have bought them. It's quite a complicated issue how wine ages and, and what wines age and what wines don't age. So most of the wines you buy on the high street are meant to be drunk within two or three years of their life. But when you get to the, the sort of fine wine category, so mm-hmm. wine's over let's just say as a rule of thumb, 20 pounds a bottle. Some of them will last 100 years. One of my first jobs was as a waitress, and obviously I knew absolutely nothing about wine, and my mum and dad don't really drink wine. I thought I would be really helpful and dust (gasps) the red wine shelves, and my manager was so annoyed, because obviously if you give someone an expensive bottle of wine with dust on it, they're just delighted. But I was like, being my mother's daughter, oh my God, the dust in this (laughs) room, let me give it a nice clean. I've cleaned all up there. And they're like, no. <laughs> so, you, you were doing a good deed and I you got reprimanded. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I was just, I was just doing, I was just tidying. <laughs> on the flip side, when you go to Sotheby's or Christie's, they have these amazing wine auctions of wines from like 1908 and the Edwardian period. The bottles are immaculate. I mean, they polish the bottles up. Really? So you could say to your boss, well, actually, that's rather... I'll have to, well, you, you have a time to go back. machine, that's going to be the main <laughs> issue. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> More than 20 years ago, I'd guess. And he's no longer your boss. No. no. Do you know what? I don't have a boss anymore. I simply won't have <laughs> You're listening to Wine Times, brought to you with the help of our friends at the Sunday Times Wine Club, your go-to experts for fantastic wine. And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we've been tasting in this episode, there'll be a link to them in the podcast description. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's the oldest wine you've tasted then? 
Well, I've tasted this wine in Champagne, actually. I was invited for lunch at Paul Roger. Your life. Oh, my God. Your this life. Was, this literally. This was 2012. I need another glass. And, <laughs> and at the end of the lunch, they um, produced this bottle of wine, which was dusty, actually. The chairman of Paul Roger, Patrice Noel, said, well, you're a very pompous man, and you think you're good at tasting wines. And the whole thing about wine, you know, uh, being a sort of wine connoisseur, is you can identify wines blind, i.e. you don't know what they are, and you can, say, you can taste it and say, I know exactly what that is. Cut a long story short, I identified it correctly as from France, Bordeaux, even, even the village, Margot, didn't get the chateau. But then he asked me how old it was. And I relaxed and I sat back and I said, well, I don't know. I think it's probably from the late 70s, something like that. And looking at the color. And he was like, well, I wouldn't invite you to Epinay in France and give you something that young. And I was like, oh, crikey, I'm, I'm way out here. And he goes, trouble with you, Brits, you're always obsessing about the two most famous wars of the huh? 20th century. And then one person around the table says, you're not talking about, because he said pre-war, the Anglo-Burr War. He said, I am. And it was in 1874. Wow. Really? Yeah. Eight, and I was, 100, I was 105 years out. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, that wine had been stored in Paul Rogers' cellars, which are the deepest in Champagne, at 33 metres. Wow. They'd obviously bought it on release in 1870, which would have been 1875 then, and it had never moved. It just didn't feel that old, but you're just think what it's lived through, sleeping yeah. yes. under, the, under the rose of champagne. I mean, it slept through two world wars, really. Yeah. And the first world wars, you know, that there was a lot of fighting. In, in yeah, Lebanon. not far from where it yeah. was sat. And so, yeah. That's insane. It is amazing, isn't it, when yeah. you taste history. And it's like seeing a ghost. Mm. I mean, often wine gets compared with art. But if you buy a Picasso, you have it on your wall forever. If you buy a, a, a wine of the equivalent value, you, I don't think there is one that's, that, 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 that valuable. But it's gone. As soon as you drink it, it becomes mm. a memory. The most mm. expensive memory in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's the flip side of what you're saying about Verve Clicquot is that because it's mass-produced, people don't think it's special. But you're saying, listen, still. Really special, yeah. It's yeah. got history. Yeah, it's yeah, also that. affordable. The sort of thing that you'd get in a nice restaurant, but it's not going to... No, it's not going to put you into debt. But it's you, just but, a nice trait. And, and also, people listening might think you've got two heads if you say, like, a bottle that's £35 is affordable. But you go into a gastro pub yeah. and order a £40 bottle of wine, which is, you know, not particularly good. Yeah. Which might be selling on the high street for retail a lot less than that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it's an affordable luxury, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that I sort of buy into. If it's worth it and quality... I would rather think I'm going to save myself for that mm-hmm. rather than have lots of, you know, cheap, cheap bottles and, yeah. and then it ad- accumulates. And in the long run, it's more expensive because you've got loads of it and you sort of like it. But why not just buy one thing that you really like and mm. save it? And then when you drink it, you're like, yeah. amazing. Less is more. Less yeah. is more. How do you feel about champagne versus Prosecco? Well, it's almost a different beverage. Lovely. That's the Italian's calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what are you going what to say? What are you saying? Yeah. 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 That was beautiful Prosecco. <laughs> So the thing about Prosecco is it's made from a different grape variety, but the crux is it's sweeter, has more residual sugar in it, which means it has a different effect, I think, on, on, on your body. And mm. I think after a couple of glasses, it becomes quite cloying. Whereas champagne, because it's so dry, it picks you up. I've got a renewed love for champagne. I haven't had a glass of champagne in ages. It's a bit more opulent. Yeah, very nice. Well, it's probably time for our second wine. Where are we going season. to? So we're in... So for Verve Clicquot, we're in we're France. in we're in Paris. Well, we're, we're sort of uh, ninety miles northeast of Paris. Okay, and we're getting in, on a in in Reims or Arras. 
Say it again. Ras or Ras. Reams. Ras. It depends on your whether you believe you should pronounce French cities in, a, in an English accent or a French accent. Really. French accent, yeah, please. French. So, so Paris becomes Paris. Love it. We're leaving now and yes. we're going a long way away. We're going 9,000 miles away, actually. We're going to go all the way to Australia, to the Southern Hemisphere, to below Perth. We're on the west coast, so we're southwest Australia, to a region called the Margaret River, which is the sort of connoisseur's dream because they make wine in a very European style. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you think of the Southern Hemisphere wines, they're rich, they're succulent, they've got lots of fruit because it's so warm down here on the Margaret River. It's quite cool, cool climate, we call it. Uh, and the wines are sort of, in short, elegant, dry and crisp. And we're having a Chardonnay. But you th th think about it down there, two hours south of Perth. I think this is the most geographically isolated region in the world. There's hardly anything around it. Let's um, see what we think. Chardonnay? Okay. Oh, it's quite... It's got a really oaky. strong... Yeah, oaky, oaky creamy. Smell. Yeah, do you think? Is it your, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's quite citrusy, though. Mm. It has that creamy oakiness, but what Margaret River does so well, it's, it's not sort of, as I said before, it's not cloying, is it? It has really refreshing, crisp mm. acidity. So imagine that. So, that, so if, you, if you had a dish which had a creamy sauce... Mm. This would just cut through the sauce like a buttery, like a hollandaise sauce. Could be egg, eggs benedict, you know, something as simple as that. Are we calling this a breakfast wine? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. Of, it's brunch on a Saturday, isn't it? I looked up Xanadu. Oh, yeah, what's it saying? An idealised place of great or idyllic magnificence and beauty. And that's what it is. It, when I drink this, I'm like, yeah, this is saying to me I'm here. See, I would never normally order a Chardonnay. What would be your order if you're going to order a glass of wine? If they Malbec. said, I'm so sorry, we haven't got any Malibu and Coke. Malbec. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've got a question Go for you, Will. Because obviously thinking about Angelica being on The Money Show, yes. I was wondering if there's any tips. Because obviously, you know, at the moment, we're all feeling the pinch in a way that we haven't yeah. before. Mm -hmm. for, for many, you know, for many reasons across the globe. And I was wondering, is there any sort of little knacks that you've got? Say you're in a supermarket, you're in Sainsbury's or Waitrose or any of those, and you want to get a nice bottle of wine. Maybe you don't know much about wine. Yeah. What would be your tip for not spending too much? You're right, but without compromising yeah, on, on, on good taste. Yeah, yeah. What, would you, what would be your sort well, of top tips? I think there are certain regions on the wine route that produce very good value wine that are consistent year after right. year, that you can buy with confidence, even if you know nothing about wine. Can I guess one? Yeah. What about like a Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc? That would be one, but that's almost pushed up into quite a high price point. Bit expensive. Now. Yeah, okay. I thought that was quite um, pricey. Okay. So I would, I'd be looking for red wine. I'd be looking to Rioja in Spain. Uh huh. The other one would be Cote de Rhone mm -hmm. in the uh, southern, yeah. in, in sort of southern Provence. And then the other country I'd look to in terms of value would be where a lot of people go on holiday, Portugal. Oh. And don't think of port. I mean, port is great value, but they make some wonderful wines there, down the Alentejo. Uh, in a minute, there is, you know, red and white. It's, it's, it makes great value white. That's great tips yeah. because, especially if you're going to like a dinner party, and if yeah. you, you know, if it's the end of the month and it's not quite paid in, you want to take something nice. It's nice to know what, a, you know, that it's going to yeah. be something nice to drink. Or even if you're just indoors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. just hanging Sunday out. Sunday night, you've had a roast. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. Options. We like options. <laughs> options. Okay. So where are we going to? For so our, our final, final wine. glass of wine. So we're leaving Perth. And we're flying, what is it, 9,000 miles. We're going all the way back to Europe. And we're in France. We're right. back to France. So we're in Corbière. So we're in, we've sort of flown from Perth to Perpignan. 
Now, the Languedoc is a big producer of wine. Over 70 million bottles are produced down there. Wow. But it's exciting in terms of, you know, it's, it's almost like the new world in France. And this is, you know, look, look at the colour of it. Violet colour, but also it's rich. Yeah. Whenever I have a red wine, I need it to be strong, mm-hmm. but feel like yeah. it's weighty. Yeah, yes. weighty. And it sort of smells of herbs, doesn't it? Herbs and spiciness. What would you cook, Angela? A meat dish with this? Yeah. Just or a lamb. steak, maybe. Lamb would be wonderful with this. A lamb stew or lamb, yes. however. Even a sort of sweet lamb. Yeah. Like a tagine. Mm, yeah. With apricots yeah. in it. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Should we have a cook-off? Ooh, a, a, a <laughs> no, I'm just going to come to yours. <laughs> You've won. You're I'm coming around. You're coming. You're coming. <laughs> mm. So you said 2020? 2020, yeah. So it's young. Yes. Incredibly young. Actually. So that's another thing. Maybe that's a tip. Don't think just because a wine is young, it's not going to be good. Because mm. even I'm like, in the, in the past, I've been like, it's got to be, like, like you say, vintage. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be at all. I mean, it's difficult to generalize at all with wine because it is quite complicated. It's like learning a language. And there's always, you, you have one rule and then you can immediately break it. But when you're shopping around, just generally, so say we're talking about, you know, wines between five pounds and 15. They're sort of made to be drunk quite young. So they're, right. they do have a consistent, mm. a consistency to them. It's when you get to the fine wine world where the vintage variation really kicks in. Yeah. And, and that can really alter the, the, yeah. the, the character and flavor of the wine. Do you find that you drink more red? In the summer? In, oh, I was going to say in the winter. In the winter. It's funny, isn't it? Probably. But then I do like white wine in the winter when it's a really cold, frosty, freezing late November day. Mm-hmm. Actually, a nice, cool white wine can, can pick you up a little. And then conversely, if it's a hot day and you're having a barbecue I would, and you've got plenty of meat, then I'd like a glass of red. Yeah, it's, it all depends on the mood, isn't it? More than, probably more than the, the, the season. The season. I tell you interesting about the season, though, is rosé wine. Ooh. In that we're drinking now as a nation. And I think all the critics now agree. Rosé year round, all year round. I do. Yeah. You do? You uh, like a rosé? I love a rosé. Yeah. There's one that I particularly like, Pink Muscata, Innocent Bystander. Yes. I know. And it's it's light in alcohol, but it's just, it's for me, it's like candy floss. Right. Yeah, it's, lovely. It's just so nice, summer's evening. And it does remind me, I think there's certain wines that remind me of the lockdown where, yeah. you know, the reflective times where mm-hmm. I'd just be on my own and I'd have a glass and, and that's one that I like. And it's, yeah. it's quite relatively... Accessible, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's got a little slight fizz to it. And that's the thing about our sense of smell. It's, it's the same part of the brain, which is uh, long-term memory and emotion. So that's why smells are so, yeah. they just, you know, you're already thinking about the lockdown, which is quite a while ago. Yeah, now. do you know what I mean? It, it, that wine reminds lot. you of that time. Yeah. And then secondly, you're not just remembering it. You, you start to get nostalgic and have mm. emotion. So that's why um, I think wine, unlike any other beverage, really, I suppose whiskey to a certain extent, it can unlock this, uh, it can move the soul, as I've, I've written, which sounds a bit pretentious, really, doesn't it? No, <laughs> I don't I like think that. so. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I, I knew that, you know, smells could take you somewhere, but until I'm, I and that's why people, well, I didn't know that it was, that was the same bit in the yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah. So it's the whole holiday thing, isn't it? That's yeah. why. Yes. You taste the wine from where you were on holiday. And no, exactly. Take, hopefully, we'll transport you back. Otherwise, you'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> if you had a good holiday. It, it, yeah. it, this is, so, I feel like I have been, like a little tutorial. Oh, it's so good. And there's actually, so near me, there's this wine shop and Charlotte runs it, this lovely lady, and she's got a cheese section and we all go in, there's a family and she'll be like, this is a new cheese and this is a new wine, try it. And it's people like that who take the time yeah. 
to help people or educate people who, who don't know that much and without you feeling silly. And that's how my sort of my education of wine has grown, especially starting drinking later on, you know. Mm. And I'm just like, yes. And then you sort of understand it. And like you say, it's, it's much more layered than just having a bit of wine. It's yeah. emotions, it's tastes, it's what pairs it with. And then it just makes it to this amazing experience, you know. Which... And then it's the, it's the geographical location because wine is also unique and it, it tastes to where it comes from. So it mm. takes you on a journey. That's why the best-selling wine book in the world is the, the World Atlas of Wine and the history of it. I mean, it's been oh you know, so fascinating. Is there a book that says the 100, 100 wines that you should drink before yeah. you die or something? Um, but they're very expensive. I mean, they're, they're very premium. It's a fun thing, though, isn't it? Imagine if you had have you got 101 it? Days to Live. <laughs> have you got that book? Have you got that book? I have that book, yeah. And have you gone through it? Are you happy with every wine in it? Pretty much. And, and, and also, the author's a bit of a friend. So oh, yeah, 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 man. I wouldn't want to criticize <laughs> But it's interesting, I think, what you say, Angelica, about it being, about not feeling silly. Because I think when I was first asked about doing the show, I said, well, the thing is, I don't know anything. I don't, yeah. I don't. Yeah. But actually, the great thing about Will, I, you know, um, and the things that I've learned whilst doing the show, but I also think anyone that has a genuine interest in something, if you say to them, I don't really know about this, but I'd love to know more. 100%. People actually love sharing their passion. 100%. You know, yeah. I love yeah. telling people about how comedy works or how, you know, because it's, it's lovely to be able to share something that you love. Exactly. And I think if you look at the great professors, they can explain things very simply. Yes. But I used to work in wine shops. That's how I started out. And that's how you learn to communicate. Because people would come in and they would always say two things. Either I know nothing about wine or what is a good wine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you've come to the wrong place, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but you get, so you learn that most people, actually, who are listening to this or out there, don't know anything about wine. It is very intimidating. I think I get intimidated when I get a wine tasting still. Mm. But we have had this huge democratisation of wine in this country. Because it's become more affordable, is that? Yeah, and it's become riper. So it's fr- we, 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 Well, it all started really with the Southern Hemisphere, uh, Australia, New Zealand, producing these ripe styles which were easy to drink. Right. And then do you remember the sort of supermarkets in the 80s, Dudley Moore, Tesco's? No, I mean, I'm <laughs> far <are>. too young. <laughs> so it became a sort of... I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I want that on the record. <laughs> Make sure we've recorded that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she protests too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with your, with your voice, yeah. your patience, I'm there. The wine route comes alive. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite wine of today? Ooh, the red. The red. The red. The red, because I... The Corbière. The Corbière. Yeah. I think that, I just think that is rich. Like you said, it's, yeah. it sticks to your yeah, palate. Fr- and also I can see it with, a, I like hearty meals. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's, I, I don't eat red meat often, but I think now and then as a treat, it'll be great. Mm. And also I'm, I like cheese. So whenever yeah. I cook, my main thing is either the dessert, which, we, oh, do we have a dessert? No. no. That's the extended version of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I can imagine drinking that then moving on to the sweet. Yeah. Mm. Once you've had a sweet wine, you can't go back. No. What do you mean to other wines? Yeah, be, because it's they the taste the so acidic and bitter. It, it sort of recalibrates your palate. So that's it. Once you're on the sweet wine. Book your cab. Yeah, book your cab. You can't, have, you, go you can't go back to the red wine. It or open another bitter. sweet bottle of wine. Yeah. 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 Or, um, or, or have a glass of sparkling water. And then um, crack on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always ways around you it. You just brought that right down. <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like you've learned anything? I've learned so much. It's Great. been wonderful having you. Yeah, yeah. thank you for yeah. Thank you so much. It's, you've been a fantastic guest. Oh, God, no, I haven't done anything. I just, again, 
over wine, we've chatted, I've learned so much about you, you've learned a bit about me, and this is what it's about. Well, that cheers. was perfect, cheers. cheers. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> That's it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Produced by Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider. And we'll be back next week with more delicious wine and a fabulous guest. And remember that all of the wines we tasted today are available from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. But from all of us here at Amazing Grace, thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next week for more Wine Times. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.